aren't you glad he spoke on your behalf? Amen. We're just thankful to the Lord. Let's just go to him in prayer this evening as we would open up his word and speak tonight. Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would come and take control. Once again, Lord, that you would take the vessel of clay and, Lord, you would use it for your glory. And, Lord, that you would minister to your people, Father. Lord, it's your word, it's your sayings. Lord, it's your promises. Lord, we just ask that you would confirm it to our hearts. Confirm it to every life here tonight, Father. If there be anything that we've done, Lord, that would be unpleasing to you, Lord, forgive us. We want to be covered by your blood. We want to be pleasing to you, Lord. Our lives, Lord, to be a pleasing offering to you. Lord, a sweet-smelling Savior, Lord. And God, we just give ourselves to you once again, and we just ask that you would just take preeminence in this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Luke chapter 10. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And to be with his people. Amen. Luke chapter 10 and verse 21 and also 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. Luke chapter 10 and verse 21 says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hath revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father. No man knoweth who the Son is but the Father and who the Father is but the Son. And he to whom the Son will reveal him. And he, turn, and he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see these things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Also, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. And you can just hold this in your place. We'll be back to it. I want to read the 18th verse. It says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. We let you be seated. You know, we're living in a time of darkness like never seen before. You know, I know there was the dark ages, and yes, it was a dark time, but spiritually, this is the darkest time there's ever been. We're going further and further into the darkness, and gross, if we can read the scripture, it talks about gross darkness upon the people. You know, as, as it was in the first Exodus, in Exodus, the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt even darkness which may be felt. And no doubt we have darkness that can be felt in the hour that we're living in. 
Amen. And we know as Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven, there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. But, you know, in this darkness, in this time of darkness, there was still a people who could see. And that's what I want to speak to you tonight on is eyes to see. Amen. I'm thankful for eyes that can see. I guess as a person, as humanly speaking, you know, you have five senses and you had to see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. I guess as far as personally, I guess the worst one that I could think of to lose would be the eyesight. Yes, you know, you could see, you could, you know, to lose your hearing would be one thing. To lose your smell is one thing. To, to lose your feel may be another thing. But to me, the worst thing is to lose eyesight. Amen. Because, you know, it's not a fun thing to be in darkness. It's not, a, it's not an enjoyable thing, you know, but in this time of darkness in the first exodus, there was a light that illuminated them, that illuminated what was around them, a light that they could see, God's people that could see. And in verse 23, as we're reading here, it said, they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. There's a people here in this time of darkness that's been given the ability to see. Amen. In a time of darkness, men's mind is on evil continually. Smoke is coming up from the bottomless pit. You know, if you're getting smoke, how it burns your eyes, it puts out your sight. And this is where we are at. People's sight is being put out. There's a blindness that has taken place, a blinding that is happening upon people. But in the middle of all of this darkness and blinding that is happening, there's still a people that's been given light to see. There's still a people that has eyes that can pierce through the darkness. Amen. Amen. As Job, amen, as he would look past, amen, his, uh, his loss, he would look past his sorrow, he would look past what he could see around him and the situation around him seemed like God had forsaken him. And he would look past all of that darkness that was around him, even his wife that was telling him to curse God and die. Look past it all until he could look thousands of years and he could see a lamb slain. Amen. And something would begin to scream out as his eyes could see. Amen. He was given the ability to see, amen, a lamb to come, a lamb that would take away the sins of man. And he said, I know my Redeemer lives. But we're living in a time of darkness. We're living in, in, a, situ- in, in a time of chaos and there's a, uh, the world climate and things that's going on and situations. You know, Brother Branham, even in, in 49, you know, he looked at this and he, he saw the ad- atom bomb that had taken place there in Japan just a few years before that. And he's seen men begin to progressively go worse and things begin to happen. And he, and he said he was thinking about science and how that a natural man in science could take things that he cannot see and produce something. He could take something, an atom he can't see and he would produce something that would destroy a human life. And he said, I was thinking about a natural man with that unseen eye that could produce something he could not see to destroy human life. And if a natural man could do that, what ought a man of God be doing? Come on, somebody. Amen. What ought a man of God be doing? Amen. He said, my, he said, we we need to pray that God will move his church on up a little higher. That the natural man with the natural resources getting results that they're getting and they're destroying human life. He said, what is a person that's called himself a Christian? He said, we ought to be looking into the unseen world and producing life. Hallelujah. The blessings that are here. You know, there's not 
not one thing in our Christian armor that we can see. You know, there's not a shield. As we went through it, the, the sword, the, the shield, the uh, helmet, the, all of the things, the breastplate, the shoes, we don't see them, but we, we know that they're there because the Holy Ghost is producing those things in our lives. Amen. Everything that is unseen by science is, is you know, the meekness, the gentleness, the faith, the goodness, the long-suffering is produced the, by the Holy Ghost, but that is truly the only thing that is lasting and real. Yeah. Amen. And the only thing, everything you look and come to in this earth, it goes back to the earth. The pews that you're sitting on, you can see tonight, one day it'll be all gone. Amen. The platform here, the pulpit there, the building here, one day it'll be ashes, it'll be all gone. But the presence of God will be just as real. Hallelujah. The glory of God will be just as real. The angels of God will be just as real. The dead in Christ will arise and be just as real as they ever was or more real. Amen. We see itself. It is the world of eternal that you cannot see with your eye, but it's more real than the things that you're seeing with these natural eyes here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, he says, how? You know, he said, Brother Bram said, I was asked the question. He said, how do you believe that your religion or what you believe will produce anything more than what any religion will produce? He said, I've read the Bible and I have a living God. I've read of his goodness. I've read of his patience. I've read of his power. I believe that just as much as anybody could believe it. But one day I met the one I read about. Hallelujah. Then all of a sudden there came a change and I've never been the same since and I know I never will be again. Something takes place. He said something takes place when sight fails, your sight fails to produce it, faith will catch it and produce it. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. Maybe your sight here tonight can't produce nothing. It produces a lot of sorrow. It produces a lot of shame. It produces a lot of regret. But there's a faith in the building. It'll produce something more real than your emotions. It'll produce something more real than anything that you're facing in your life. As, as Abraham, God told Abraham, I choose you and Sarah that, that you're going to have a child. Sarah been barren. Abraham never been able to produce anything. The old wrinkled man, old wrinkled woman, many times passed the life of having a child. But he began to look past what he could see, amen, with these natural eyes to the unseen realms. Hallelujah. He began to look to the unseen, and when he got to look in the unseen, he saw Isaac standing there. Oh, hallelujah. By faith, he saw Isaac. Look, if you'll quit looking with your natural eyes at your feelings, at your sickness, and you begin to look in your in the unseen realm, you'll see a well body standing there. You'll see a saved son or daughter standing there. You'll see a God rich in mercy standing there. You'll see a God who's able, yea, more than able, to produce what he said he would. Hallelujah. I, I seen something today that spoke to my heart. Don't, it says, don't ever, as, as God was saying, it says, don't ever let what you see make you forget what I've said. Amen. Oh, yeah, that's good right there, ain't it? Good. Amen. You know, you see those signs, those billboards they put up around. I'm, I'm here. That's God. You know, God's saying it. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. It said, don't ever let what you can see make you forget what I've said. Amen, because we don't walk by, faith, by sight, we walk by faith. 
Amen. You know, it, many times well, what we see makes us forget for a moment what he said. It did it to the disciples. They got in that boat and they got all tore up and the things were happening and it looked like it was about to sink, but they forgot what he said. Amen. He said, let's go to the other side. Right. Amen. Amen. If he said, well, let's go to the other side, it was good as done. Amen. Amen. If he said, I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases, it's as good as done. The price is already paid, so don't look at what you can see and forget what he said. Always remember, he said it. I believe it. That settles it. I can, I will, I do believe. But Abraham looked beyond what he could see unto the unseen, and he saw Isaac. He saw him standing there. He got a glimpse of the unseen. Oh, hallelujah. It's like I said Sunday morning, if we could realize who is present among us, and we can recognize that he's present right now in our midst, Jesus is here. How do we know he's here? His word said he was here. So quit looking at what you can see and forget what he said. He said he would be here. Then if he's here, we can get a glimpse into the unseen. Amen. How our expectations would rise. When we realize he's among us, he who raises the dead, he who heals the sick, he who opens the blinded eyes, he who saves the lost is among us. How our expectations ought to be rising. When we quit looking at what we can see and we remember what he said. Amen. We need to get a glimpse of the unseen. Amen. By faith, he saw it. All right, now, you heard it once. We heard it Sunday. Now, let's don't become Baptists on Wednesday again, okay? Amen. Get a glimpse of the unseen. He said, when a man once catches that vision of an invisible God, but and know that he is always, somebody say always, always present. Oh, hallelujah. Then he's here tonight. Amen. If he's always present, he's here tonight. If you can catch a vision of an invisible God and know he's always present, something will stabilize your thinking. Hallelujah. It'll stabilize your actions in the time of distress and trouble. It'll still make you look upward and above the things that are happening around you because you have caught a glimpse of the unseen. Oh, hallelujah. Abraham, that's the reason why he believed it, because God said it. Do we have any Abraham's children here tonight? If we being dead in Christ, we are Abraham's seed, and if the spirit that was in Christ dwells in us, it does the same thing. It takes every divine pres- promise of God that's in the Bible and calls it present tense. Good. Hallelujah, because he's present tense. If he's present tense, his word is present tense. Come on, somebody. He's the same yesterday, today. It's present tense. We don't serve a God that's unseen and there's some other round and way back years ago and gone and forgotten and we ain't heard from him in a long time. He's still the same God today. Amen. We're not even like the children of Israel that hadn't heard from him in 400 years, but he, he had to come and show himself again. We are not even like them. If God is still moving even now. But if you look with your eyes, our nation is shaking, trembling, war clouds are flying everywhere, Russia's making her threats, 
You know, Putin gave his address and talked about how that he, just in a few moments he turned his place into ashes. Then a few days later, their national uh, uh, TV sent out all the hit lists that's in the states, you know, places they're going to bomb. They're making their threats. Every nation is distressed, perplexed. Every sign that Jesus said would happen is happening. That there would be signs in the heaven and the earth. Great things would be taking place. But during this time, he also said, don't forget what he said, look up. Amen. 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 Look past Russia. Look past all the confusion and the things that's going on. Amen. Look through the unseen Christ. He will, he said, he said, look to the unseen Christ. He will be appearing pretty soon. Oh, hallelujah. That ought to start ringing the old joy bells in her heart. Amen. Something's about to take place. God is coming back for his bride. The rapture's about to happen. Start looking to the unseen realm. Look what Abraham did. Not only did he believe it, he made ready for it. He made preparations for the child that he saw by faith. 25 years before it ever got there because he considered that he who told him was able to keep what he told him. Is that what our problem is? (laughs) We don't really believe what he told us. Therefore, we ain't making preparations. Come on, somebody. If you truly believe a promise, then start making ready to receive it. Because the problem ain't with him, the power to produce it. He will produce what his word said he would. You start getting yourself ready and begin to look. God, help me get beyond what I can see or I can feel or I can taste or any of my own senses. And let me see you, the invisible God that is among us, producing the same signs, the same wonders, the same vindications. He didn't consider his, his, his body being a hundred years old, his physicalness, what, uh, the deadness of his womb of his wife. Amen. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving glory to God. Amen. Today, there's no need of even trying to approach it with an intellectual faith. It won't happen. You go from church to church, prayer line to prayer line. You've got to come to the place where it's eternally settled once and for all. Amen. He's either he either is God or he's not God. Come on now. He's either God or he's not God. So if he's God, his word cannot fail. Amen. This is what he was what Jesus believed. Amen. He said, the works that I do, the, the Father does, I can do also greater works than you can you do. Amen. He, he believed what he was saying. Come on now. He believed what he was saying. And he began to speak, and Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Brother Branham picked it up, and he said, the Pentecostal blessing is recorded in the book of Acts. And if the first branch was Pentecost, the second branch will be Pentecost. He don't have to bear the same type of church behavior as the first one born. Did not Jesus speak of that in John 14 when he said, the branch did not bear the fruit, it'll be cut off? All right, I'm getting somewhere. That's where denominations are today. Only the fruit bearing the kind of fruits, amen, the works of the Holy Ghost shall be able to continue in the vine. Amen. What was that? They did not walk by sight. They walked by faith. 
believing what God said was the truth. Hallelujah. What a difference it is when a man will walk by faith and not by sight. Moses, when he began to walk as a man, 40 years old, amen, as far as sight was concerned, Moses had the world at his hands. Next line to be Pharaoh. Sight, as far as what he could see, that's what, you know, that's how our sight gets sometimes. We get to looking too much with these eyes. Well, look how much money I'm making at this job. Look how God's blessed me over here. Look at this. And if we're not careful, we've traded real true walk by faith to walk by sight. And then all of a sudden, the blessings run out seemingly, and we begin to turn, and we're like, well, what has God forsaken me? No, we, we just started walking by sight. He's still there. Just keep walking by faith. Believe it. Amen. God will produce what he said he would produce. Amen. Moses had to look at this, and he, he was the next Pharaoh of Egypt. He had the entire earth of that knowing, of knowing of that day at his fingertips. And he looked out the window, the same window that Pharaoh looked out of. And when Pharaoh looked, he saw a bunch of mud daubers, mud making bricks down there, just a bunch of slaves. But when Moses looked, he saw something different. He looked at the unseen and knew that God promised he would deliver them out of that place and take them to the land of promise. And he looked to the unseen. He saw the years that were coming ahead. He saw Egypt destroyed. Wow. He saw Egypt as she is today, nothing. He saw Israel all comfortably seated around Abraham in glory by faith. He chose to take the worst religion could give him and compare it to the best the world could give him. Did you catch that? Take the worst living a Christian can give you and compare it to the best the world can give you. If you're looking with these eyes, you most likely pick what the best the world can give you. But if you're looking to the unseen, you realize all that world is out there is a bunch of slaves, a bunch of mud daubers. That's who it is. But this is something eternal and of great value. Hey Amen. He, he chose to walk by the unseen God. He chose to walk counting it greater treasure than all his sight could show him. Here was a kingdom. He was a throne, he was a crown, he was everything in his hand, yet by faith, he caught a glimpse of Christ out there in the mud pits. And he went to his people. Oh my, you know, he said, Brother Man said, can we catch a good lesson here in Moses? Moses just didn't sit back and say, I sympathize with those people. You know, I, I wouldn't speak one word against them. He said, that's a lot of religion as it does today. They hear a strict message and say, oh, I have nothing against those people who believe in divine healing. I have nothing against those people who believe in miracles, but that's not enough. Moses didn't sympathize with them and stay on the throne. He went out and became one of them. Hallelujah. He saw something out there in the mud of greater value than all Egypt had to offer. 
Oh, God, if we can look to the unseen this evening, you'd see something here more valuable than anything this world could ever afford you. Greater than anything, anything the king of this world could ever give you. He could give you all the kingdoms. He could give you all the glory earthly that you can ever get, but it won't compare to what this word can give you. Live a thousand years living the dream life on this earth. What's it compared to eternal life? Even Brother Branham had to, he said, I had to change my eyesight and look by faith. He said, I remember a few years ago when I had a great offer with the Baptist people and then the Presbyterian people paying my way to a short school in a Presbyterian denomination. They wanted to take me in as a minister. And when I look out and see that group that believed in the supernatural, they were laughed at. They were called holy rollers. It would have been easy to continue on as a Baptist preacher. He said, for I was one. But instead of looking at them and said, oh, I have nothing against them, I, I believe that too. I chose to be one of them. I chose to be one of them and went out, and now I'm one of those so-called holy rollers. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do we have some more in the house tonight? Amen. Not just look out and say, well, oh, that's a pretty good church. That's a pretty good service. I'm one of them. Amen. I'm going to leave all I ever thought behind and what I thought was gain. Paul said, I forgot it. It became as dung. He says, I became one of those so-called holy rollers because I see in there they have the sign of the living God. Glory. Woo, glory. That means more than any kind of money could ever give me. That means more than anything this world could ever help for, that I can see a living God amongst the living people. Yeah. Hallelujah. He said, so by faith, I believe that's the bunch that'll go in the rapture. Oh, yeah. Hello, somebody. He said, I believe that's the bunch that'll go in the rapture. I'm a part of that bunch. I'm a part of that bunch. I'd rather have it than all the PhDs and DDs that the church could give me. Don't sympathize with it. Become it. Become it. Then, then when by faith, you'll walk by faith by the unseen. He said, by the unseen, I see a church going in the rapture. I see Jesus coming for his bride. I see a little neglected bunch of people who are laughed at and made fun of. They will go in a rapture one day. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'd rather be with them than all the groups I know of in all the world. For by faith, we have seen the unseen. Hallelujah. Amen. Even Joshua, as he entered into the promised land, amen, a mighty general as he was in his first major battle, enemies had walled into a place. There was no way for him to get to them. But by faith, he began to look past what he could see. What he could see was walls. What he could see was a great army behind walls. What he could see, amen, was a people ready to fight. And, and, and you know, giants that was there, that's what he could see. Listen, this wasn't make-believe that they came back with. 
It was, they were giants, a known race of giants living in the son of Anak, a known race of giants. It wasn't something they conjured up and they made a fairy tale out. It was something that was real by what they could see. But Joshua and Caleb, they weren't looking with these same eyes when they walked to the promised land. They didn't even see that giant there. They didn't, it didn't matter. Because in front of that giant was a promise. And the promise said, I'll give you the land. Now, the promise don't come with a fine print or something. You know how you get those radio things, blah, 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 and they go off on this all fine print, and you can't even understand it. Anyhow, it's the way they want you to do it. So you'll sign up for it and realize later, oh, man, I made a mistake. Look at all this stuff here. I didn't know all this stuff was in there. No, they didn't want you to know it was all in there. God don't do his word like that. He says it, and that's what it is. He said, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. Joshua and Caleb didn't have to pull out a book and say, well, did it include the children of Anak? Was they in the land? Yep, it's included. (laughs) They didn't have no fine print in there that said, but except the children of Anak. I don't know about them. You're going to have to see what you can do. No, he said, I'll give you the land. So they didn't walk through the land looking with their eyesight that they could see. They went looking through a promise. Woo, this is mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. If you'll quit looking at your sicknesses or your problems with the eyes that you can see and you'll start looking through it with the promise, it'll disappear. Amen. You'll see the promise instead of your problem. You'll see God's word instead of the things that are around you. You'll see angels encamped about those that fear him instead of all the devils that torment you. Come on, somebody. Let's have church. Amen. God wants to show you himself, but you're not going to see him with these eyes. He looked with the unseen. That's all that I said. I'll give you a quote for it, okay? God gave Moses a promise while they were yet in Egypt. I will give you all of Palestine. So by faith, he saw the walls of Jericho laying flat on the ground. Hello, somebody. Woo, can we see some, can we get our faith on tonight? Amen. Amen. Let's get our faith moving a little bit. Then you'll realize... By faith, them devils are already defeated. By faith, that sickness is over with. It's finished. It's done. It's completed. It's run its course. It's over. Amen. I like how Jesus said some things, or the Bible said some things there in the Gospels, and it would say, and it came to pass. Do you know that sickness came to pass? Are you catching it? That depression that has been on you, it came to pass. It's got an end time. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to get there for Just hang on with me for a minute. By faith, he saw the walls of Jericho laying flat on the ground. Man, if we can get our eyes looking at the right thing tonight, you'll see your enemies defeated. Well, they're screaming, they're hollering, they're saying this, my aches are this, this. It don't matter what they're saying. He said, it's finished. Without a doubt in the heart, believing God would do it, 
When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, the walls fell, and they took the city. He seen the invisible one. Remember, before he did this, he was walking one afternoon, seeing a man who was standing against the wall with his sword drawn. And Joshua drew his sword and went to meet him. He said, are you for us? Are you for the enemy? He said, spoke back, and he said, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. Joshua knew the battle belonged to him. And when you people here tonight, the sinful in your heart, did you hear that? Sinful in your heart. Get that? Sinful in your heart. I don't mean you get drunk. I don't mean you commit adultery. I mean sin is unbelief. And with unbelief in your heart, unbelief is sin. And with unbelief in your heart, if you'll just open up your heart and close these eyes and look at your chief captain who's omnipresent, the world will lay flat at your feet. It'll shake every fetter away from you. The doubting days will be over. Amen. Faith will rise into your heart if you'll look beyond all those things. And you, let me open my heart up tonight, God. Oh, there you are standing present. Even now, Lord. Even now, Lord, I believe. Even now, you can open up the way. Even now, you can raise the dead. Even now, you can heal the sick. Even now, you will do it. Doubting days are over. You know, when Christopher, when Christopher Columbus was given the money and the ships to sail around the world, you know, during that time, there was a lot of doubt. I mean, they thought a man would sail so far and he'd fall off the edge of the earth. Some idiots still think that today. They're idiots, okay? But anyway, the world, but Christopher Columbus believed that wasn't so. He believed that the world was round. I don't know how he come to that conclusion, maybe through his studies or whatever by revelation, but he caught that it was round. And so he wanted some ships and people were trying to discourage him and say, ha, you're going to go so far and you're going to fall off. You're going to go so far and you're going to not be no more. You're going to go so far and you're going to get that sickness back. You're going to go so far and the devil's going to have his way with you so more. Come on now, you're going to go so far, and you're going to go so far, and you're going to meet destruction. He said, but see what happened. Amen. They said, well, look, he said, you'll go so far, and a serpent will rise out of the earth, out of the ocean. It'll swallow your ships and sink you to the bottom. But what did Christopher Columbus said? He said, sail on, sail on, sail on, sail on. He said, God, give us men in the church like that. I don't care what the scientific world says, what the denominational world says, what any devil says, what any sickness says, what any problem says, sail on. I don't know. They say a serpent's going to come. Keep sailing. Keep moving on. Keep going on to the glory. One of these days, you're not going to go over the horizon. You're going to go out of the horizon. Hallelujah. He said, see, there used to be a church, a song saying, I crossed the separating line. I left the world behind. He said, if there was ever a time when the church needed to step across that line, which separates you from faith and unbelief by sight. Hello, somebody. Did you catch the separating line? He said, if there ever was a time, the church needs to cross that line that separates you between faith and unbelief by sight and start looking to the unseen. That's when you'll leave everything behind you, every care, every weary, every fear, everything that says you can't be a Christian. Woo! Everything that says you can't be healed, everything that says you can't be saved, if you'll cross that line. 
Come on, somebody. You'll cross once you pass the line of barrier. The devil trying to torment you, saying, you can't do it. You can't do it. You say, I can do it, for Jesus said I could. Leave it all behind. We're going to leave these doubters behind. We're going to leave these mockers behind. We're going to leave these people behind. One day, they're going to look for me. They might call me a holy roller. They might call me a crazy person. They might even call me a rock and roller. They might call me all kinds of things and make fun of me. One day, they're going to call me gone. He ain't here no more. Hallelujah. Leave it all behind. He said, when you people that are sick and you've plowed through prayer line after prayer line, you've been to every doctor, you've done everything, and still death is trying to creep up you. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what science says. Jesus made a promise. Sail on. Sail on to your healing. Sail on to your joy. Sail on to your promise and hold on to it. Sail on above everything that says you can't get well. Sail on above everything that says your case is too bad. Sail on above every person that says days of miracles are past. Sail on against every person that says mercy's over. Sail on past it. Amen. You left it in the back now and sell on into Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. One time, Brother Branham was in Canada. And he says, he met a man selling televisions. man said, I'd like to sell you a set. I figured that's probably the wrong guy. But anyway... He said, no, I'm just a tourist. He said, oh, I see you're just passing through. He said, no, I'm here in service. He said, oh, you wouldn't happen to be around that this Branham outfit, would you? I said, yes, sir, I am. He says, what do you think about that fella? I said, well, there's nothing I could really say at the time. I said, oh, you know, I, I think the services are fine. He said, uh, was you there last night? And he said, well, matter of fact, it was. He said, well, what do you think about that man getting off that cot, that soldier, and called his name and told him who he was, how he'd been afflicted for years? He said, well, I thought that was pretty amazing. He said, oh, I don't think nothing about it because I'd have to see it proved. He said, that hypnotism, it don't go with me. And he said, you know how my old southern mammy had an expression, give the cow enough rope it'll hang itself. He said, well... He said, anything that cannot be scientifically proven, I think there's nothing to it. I said, well, I don't like to be different, but I have to now. He says, the things that can't be scientifically, can be scientifically proved is not real. The only things that is not scientifically proven is real. Only things that, so anything that, see, Brother Adam says, anything that's scientifically proven is not real. And anything that is that can't be scientifically proven is real. He's oh, that's ridiculous. All right, I want you to ask you something. Can you tell me what love is? Could you scientifically show me what love is? Go down to the drugstore, buy me a quarter's worth of love. I need some more love. He said, you can't do it. It's unseen. Show me what life is. Go buy me a quarter's worth. I need some more life. He said, you can't do it. It's unseen. He said, show me what life is, what love is, what personality is, what the Holy Spirit is, what God is. It's the unseen things that are real and lasting. Follow it all the way down now. He's not just trying to make some crazy statement that, that this right here is not real. It's real in the world that we're living in. 
but one day it's gone. And truly the only things that are truly real are the things that are eternal. Amen. He said these things, these things that are, can be scientifically proven are temporal and perishable, yet we put so much emphasis and so much concern about those things and so little about the spiritual things. And I said, for instance, coming through this room right now is, a telev- is television pictures. He's, I said, you have to show me the picture. He said, of course, it hits the crystal and the tubes and goes back and it shows the picture. And he said, I said, well, that, that man there in that television is in the United States. He said, and you're picking him up over here in Canada. He said, but we can prove it because there's a picture showing it's there and there's a sending station, a receiving station. And I said, yes, and we can also prove that in glory we got a risen Savior who sends us, amen, a signal forth and the Holy Ghost reveals it and makes it positive. Therefore, we have a sending station and a receiving station. He said, God in heaven who knows all things can so put a gift in his church that he can magnify it and reflect himself through it and say the things which are absolutely impossible by science to prove and make you have to testify that they are. And it goes to Noah for a moment. It talks about Noah beginning to speak of rain before it ever come and the judgments that were coming and the judgments that were taking place. And Noah speaking it on all these things. He said, what happened to Noah? Something began to burn on the inside of them. Him, him, no makes. And then Noah, when God spoke, said, Noah, he said, where are you, Lord? He said, that makes no difference where I am. I am that I am. Whew. Mercy. Did you catch that? God told him that's what he's meaning. I am that I am. It don't make no difference where I am. I am that I am. (laughs) It makes no difference where I am. I am that I am. It's going to rain. And ever since he heard the word, there was something beating in his bosom like a pulsation. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. He could see the clouds coming before they ever formed. And he began to make preparations for them. It's going to rain. And, he said, and Brother Benham brings it to our day. He said, if these people in these wheelchairs and in these cots and you the sick to die, if you could just hear the word of God tonight. Just hear the word of God tonight. Not try to figure it out. Don't think how long you've been sitting, how long you've been sick. Think what God said. Think about what God said, and there come a pulsation, and your heart saying it's the truth. How do you know it's the truth? I know it's the truth because God said it, and He can't speak a lie. It's the truth. Something begins to pulsate in your bosom. It's the truth. Then make ready. Is there anybody ready to make ready? Then make ready. You're coming out of there. Then make ready. You're coming out of there. Don't look at what you see, how crippled you are, how sick you are, what the doctor said. Look at the unseen before you feel any different, before the pain moves, before the hand moves, before the eyes can see one side. You make ready for it's coming. And as long as that pulsation is there, he said it, and it's the truth. He said it, and it's the truth. Oh, come on. It's the word of God. I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases. Is there a pulsation that said, he said it, and it's the truth. He said it, and it's the truth. Don't worry. You're coming out of there. 
Hallelujah. He said, I think that the Holy Spirit can lead a man, tell him things, make him act different, make him believe things, receive things the world can ever believe could happen. I'm a witness. I was a blind man once myself, practically had to be led. So I know what I'm talking about. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, oh, can't you feel that pulsation of the Spirit begin to rise in your heart saying, Jesus Christ is in our midst. Come on, somebody. Can we lay it aside just a few more minutes? And the pulsation, Jesus is here. Woo, Jesus is here. Amen, Jesus is here. Brother J.R., Jesus is here. Amen, amen. Brother Andrew, Jesus is here. Jesus is in our midst. Jesus is in our midst. What is happening? The energy starts pumping in our heartbeat. It starts pumping in our spirit. It starts coming in our mind. Jesus is here. Oh, Jesus is here. And all of a sudden, the things that you thought was so important begin to black out. And you begin to see the unseen one stand invisible among us. Jesus is here. And you begin believing what God said. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, oh, tonight, if we could so tune our hearts. Cast down reasonings. Cast it all down. Tune our hearts. He said, our hearts could be tuned to the word of God. To see a revival break forth. The altars come full. See the church packed. Oh, to see the revival spreading. A fire that cannot be put out. And our hearts begin to pulsate under the power of the Holy Spirit. There'd be such prayer meetings tonight, it'd have to happen. He said, when the church is in tune, what if the people here tonight that's sick would begin to think God is God? Woo, that's one of my favorite quotes right there. He said, what if the people here that are sick would just begin to think God is God? What if he's God? He's God over every sickness. If he's God, he's God over every disease. If he's God, he's God over every tormenting spirit. If he's God, he's God over every sin. If he's God, he's God over every some belief, every fear, every doubt, every kind of thing the devil will try to put upon you. If he's God, he's God over it. So just begin to think God is God. God is God. Amen. If he isn't God, why are we serving him? But if he's God, he can do all things. If he's God, he's still a healer. If he's God, he made a promise and he won't break it. He will keep it. And then that pulsation begins to go in your heart. God is God. Jesus is here. Oh, see right now you done forgot about tomorrow. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Something is about to take place. And there's nothing that can stop it. Whoa, hallelujah. When God is God, there ain't a devil in hell. You can line them all up. Line them all up. If he's God, he's God over everything. He's God over every devil. Whoa, he's God over every sickness. Name your sickness tonight and say, God is God. Name your problem tonight and say, God is God. Devil, you're not my God. I serve Jehovah. I serve El Shaddai. I serve the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're not the final voice in this situation. God is God. Hallelujah. God is God, and nothing will stop it. It'll be like a house on fire on a windy day, and the Holy Spirit will be there fanning the flames. I say, Holy Spirit, blow through this building tonight. 
blow through every heart, blow through every family, blow through every life. God is God. He's God over everything. Oh, hallelujah. He's God over my sorrow. He's God over my fear. He's God over my problems. He's God over everything. It'll keep burning. That fire to keep being fanned by the Holy Spirit, and it'll keep burning till it becomes a reality. Whew. Hallelujah. Joshua again, before one rock ever come out of the building or the walls of Jericho, Joshua walked around the walls shouting the victory. Whew. He began to see that it's already done. It's finished. It's over. Seven days. Just walking around. Before one wall, one stone, one little stone came down and down. They throwed their hands up. Thank you, God, for the victory. Thank you, God, for the victory. And the trumpets begin to sound. And the Holy Spirit back there fanning the flames. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, what would it be if we'd begin to just praise God before we ever see one stone fall down? You'd have the Holy Spirit behind you fanning the flames. Come on, keep on believing, child. Keep on believing. It's on the way. Just keep on believing. God is God. It's the Holy Ghost moving inside of me. Amen. What just moved through the building? It was the Holy Ghost coming on the scene. He's fanning the flame. There's somebody. Oh, there's somebody believing right there. There's somebody believing. Amen. There's somebody grabbing a hold of my word. There's somebody promise, believing the promise. Look at him. Come on, believe. 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 Amen. The Holy Spirit wants you to believe more than you want to believe. He wants you to have it more than you can want to have it. Hallelujah. This God is God. He's the Lord God that heals all our diseases. And the promise is unto us and our children. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Maybe the doctors will give up on you. The world has give up on you. Maybe the churches give up on you. But Jesus will never give up on you. Jesus will never give up. Hallelujah. Believe what God's word said is the truth. March on. Keep moving. Getting sicker. Just keep moving. Keep going. You'll break through every barrier and you'll break through that last one and you'll be free. My. Let's turn back in our scripture reading to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 I'm going to read from the Amplified we possess this precious treasure the divine light of the gospel You know what the treasure is? He says, the divine light of the gospel. Light is most precious in a time of darkness. Hello. Did you hang up? Light is most precious in darkness. 
Right now, light, don't see them. And we got light, you know, but let all the lights go out and see how precious light is. Darkness. I've been in places. Brother Bram talked about like in the man who can turn on the light in that dark cave. You know, he was in Carlsbad or Carlsbad, whatever they call it, tavern. I was over in Czech Republic. Went way down in the earth and they had these lights shining. All of a sudden, they shut them, them things out. You know, when you do this and you can't see anything, that's terrifying. It just gets so dark. It's a darkness you can feel. There's no light nowhere, not even a, just a peak of light. It's dark. And Paul says, during this time, we have precious treasure. It's a light, the divine light of the gospel. It's in frail human vessels of earth that the grander and exceeding greatness of power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. It's not our light. It's not our word. It's not our promises. It's his. We are hedged in, which is pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not crushed. (laughs) What's Paul doing? He's looking to the unseen, but not crushed. We're suffering embarrassments and are perplexed and sometimes unable to find a way out, but never driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, hard driven, but not deserted to where we have to stand alone. Oh, praise God. Listen, child, you ain't never alone. Never alone. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Never alone. So we're struck down to the ground, but we've never struck out and are destroyed. Shoo, my goodness. We're struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always caring about in the body the liability and exposure to the same. Putting to death the Lord Jesus, that death that the Lord Jesus suffered so that the resurrected life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. For we who live are constantly experienced being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. That the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evident through through our flesh, which is liable to death. Thus, death is actively at work in us, but in a, it is in order that our life may be actively at work in you. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. We too believe, and therefore we speak. Even in darkness, I speak. Assured that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up, uh, will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. For all these things are taking place for your sake, so that the more grace, divine favor, and spiritual blessing extends to more and more people and multitudes through the many, and more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not become discouraged which is utterly spiritless or exalted or exhausted or wearied out through fear, though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away what we can see. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. But Paul turns it and he says, but look to the unseen. Yet the inner man is being progressively renewed day by day. 
For a light, no, I love how he says this, for a light momentary affliction, temporary, it will pass. You need to look at that devil in the eye and say, sickness, you're temporary. Amen. Depression, you're temporary. Demon, you're temporary. You have an end. Hallelujah. Amen. I love how it says in the last days, perilous times shall come. I always say, who's it the last days for? It ain't the last days for me. When this whole thing ends, it's only the beginning. It's the last days for the devil. It's the last days for his antagonizing and his depressions and his sickness and his fear and his, all the things that comes with. That is his last days are coming upon the earth. But little child, your last days is not here. Your first days is just beginning. Hallelujah. Our light momentary affliction. This light distress of the passing hour. So, every devil has a time slot. Do you hear me? What you can see with these natural eyes is temporary. It means it's bound by time. It means this building has a time slot. It was birthed on a certain day. October the 1st, we had our first service in it. But time will come, it'll be the last Time will come that this building won't be standing no more. Your houses won't be standing no more. Your cars will be gone. All, it's temporary. In other words, it's bound by time. This slight distress is bound by time. It has only a short moment. Quit looking at something that's bound by time and look to things that are eternal. Listen, he says, this slight distress of the passing hours ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting, uh-oh, that's something different than temporary, or, or a passing hour, everlasting weight of glory, which is beyond all measure, excessing, excessively surpassing all comparisons, all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory, a blessedness that will never cease. Amen. Maybe i got to read that again. It's achieving for us, this, this time thing is achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory, which is beyond all measure. This glory is beyond all measure. It's excessively surpassing all comparisons. Not just surpassing, excessively surpassing it. All calculation, a vast and transcendent glory, a blessedness that will never cease. That will never cease since... Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary. Sickness is temporary. Struggles are temporary. Sorrow is temporary. Mourning is temporary. Darkness is temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. There's been things happening in this building that goes way exceedingly beyond all measure. Yeah. 
exceedingly surpassing all comparisons. You can come up with human words to describe services. Oh, masterpiece. Best you ever done. Incredible. Maybe somebody with some better learning get some better words. But what happens in the eternals is excessively surpass whatever you can think or ask. If I can just get in your mind, God is God. Everything else is temporary. Everything else. All the things that you're faced through this week is temporary. It's so bad, Brother Timothy. It's temporary. So horrible. It's temporary. It's for a passing hour. It came to pass. And it'll be gone. And there'll be thousands, millions, eons, excessively beyond what we can think or even think or come up with. Years. It's not a good enough word. It's it's impossible to explain eternity. And all the way down, you'll be shouting on the hills of glory. And those devils, those things that tormented you and that fear, that temporary stuff will be gone. Fear will pass away. Sorrow will pass away. Death will pass away. Sickness will pass away. Every devil in hell will be gone. Satan himself will be gone. While you're shouting on the hills of glory. Think on these things. Things that are eternal. Have eternal values. Aspire ends. Brother Michael, come. Hallelujah. I wonder how many tonight would just say, Lord, thank you for eyes to see. I can look beyond the darkness. I have eyesight that can pierce through the darkness and see a Savior coming back for his bride. Maybe some need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been looking at the wrong things. Let me turn my eyes on you again, Lord. Look at what's really real, what's really true. Father, I ask you to bless your people once again. Lord, thank you, Lord, for eyes that can see. True revelation in this hour. Not, not some man's creeds or some man's thinking or dogma but real, true, living promises of God. A word that will never pass away. Heavens and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. It will always produce what it said it would do. It cannot return into you void. God, tonight, may, our, may these precious people tonight, Lord, realize there's more for them than there's against them. The angels are encamping about those that fear him. There's angels of fire and chariots of fire lining these walls and down every aisle and the presence of God walking in our midst. God is God. God is God. Let the pulsation begin to rise in hearts tonight. Lord, where fear had clogged it up or doubt had caught, may we cross that line of separation 
from the eyes that see by sight unto eyes that can see by faith. Lord, grant it tonight for every heart, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Michael, just worship the Lord. Let's stand together.